coming from the darkened, cigar-smoke-filled back room. Um, today was Blackout Tuesday. And uh, I guess I was up about this time of night yesterday and was flipping through my Instagram feed and yawning. I couldn't figure out why there were uh, black pictures, just straight black screen or whatever, on people's Instagrams. And uh, I looked and uh, finally read a caption and found out it was a black Black Lives Matter blackout Tuesday. And I didn't know if that meant you were supposed to keep the lights in your house turned off too. So, well, I guess technically right now it's Wednesday, but uh, I, I kept the lights out all evening. I watched a good film tonight. Um, it's streaming free on YouTube, Vudu, um, Apple, whatever the Apple channel is. Um, it's called Just Mercy, and it's uh, Jamie Foxx and Michael B. Jordan. Uh, I'm a fan of Michael B. Jordan, and uh, I like Jamie Foxx a good bit, too. He's, he's done some good films. Um, but it's basically about a man who was wrongly convicted of murder um, in... Was it Alabama in the 1980s? And it's like, man, this, uh, you know, you like to think that um, racial injustice is a thing of the past, that uh, framing a black man for murdering a white woman is a thing of the past. Uh, and it, it goes on to, you know, show the, the difference in, uh, how one African Americans are treated still, uh, in Southern justice, I guess. Um, and also in, uh, how poor people are treated, pardon me. Um, if you can't afford a good lawyer, you know, they appoint you a public defender, and they're usually not the best lawyers. They look for a plea bargain. Uh, well, in this person's case, there was no plea bargain. They had to convict someone of this murder, and next thing you know, uh, this black man had been painted as a... Uh, evil person because he uh, had a had an affair with a white woman at one point uh, and once the word got out in this uh, southern cracker town it you know they paint him as a drug dealer and all these lies and rumors so when he went to trial it was a uh, an easy conviction and they intimidated witnesses into 
lying and making false statements and so on and so forth. So, a uh, very intriguing movie. Uh, it has a happy ending. After six years in prison, uh, Johnny D, as he's known, uh, gets out of jail. Uh, the district attorney who uh, the case falls into his lap, even though he was not the district attorney when the murder took place, he um, he agrees with the defense attorney to drop the charges or have the charges dismissed. Uh, well, shoot, I just gave away the ending. But uh, it's a good movie. A uh, lot of emotions. And um, it's streaming free right now. Uh, because of the, you know, uh, Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd incidents, murders that we've had recently. And they're trying to show the, the world the um, syst systematic racism that takes place in our legal system. Um you know, I was not a believer of this uh, until the George George Floyd murder. And now I'm starting to be swayed uh, to think that, you know, there is a lot more racism out there than what uh, we had realized. I've always gotten along with people of every race and everything else. So, it, to me... You know, it's it's not a it's a thing of the past. It, it, but um, now I see from other perspectives. Uh, someone on Facebook asked, "What or when did when was the first time you experienced racism?" And one of my friends posted the time that um, one of our black friends in town. Don't, Haley. Sit down. Sit. Uh, one of our black friends in town punched him in the, the nose and started calling him a bunch of racial slurs. And it was, uh, Jeff was a black kid and this other kid was white. Well, he's a grown, they're both grown men now. But so that was uh, a different take on it. And I uh, put the time that I was at the, uh, uh, Beaver Local High School and my friend Aaron who's uh, biracial African American and white uh, he he and I were out at a at Beaver Local High School and we were looking for our pre-game piece of pizza we always you know he would get dressed for the basketball game and I would do my thing as equipment manager and I was in eighth grade, and he was a senior. And, um, you know, we would go get, you know, a piece of pizza and a Coke before every game after he got dressed in his basketball gear, and I got what I needed to get done for equipment manager. And um, 
we wandered into the principal's office and said, um, uh, I think I said, excuse me, you know, where's the concession stand? Uh, and the principal said, the concession stand is over there. And we walked right past it because it hadn't opened yet. <clears throat> and then he pointed to Aaron and said, uh, said, but he needs to go back to his locker room because we don't like black people wandering around our school. And me and I said, okay, thanks. And me and my other buddy who was white, we both turned to walk away and then we stopped and said, did he, it was like a scene of a movie. Like, did he say what I think he just said? And we looked back at Aaron, and Aaron was just staring at this guy with his jaw on the floor. And we're like, yeah, he just said that. And so we're like, come on, Aaron, come on, you know. And uh, Aaron wasn't going to do nothing. He was a nonviolent person. But um, needless to say, you know, we told everyone else in the <coughs> locker room what happened. And we beat Beaver Local. that night and truthfully they almost hit a half court shot at the buzzer and we scored 99 points and they scored they were like at 97 or 98 but we were in control the whole game and we had guys out there trying to dunk the basketball and show off and stuff and uh, different things but it didn't matter we won the game Coach was pissed that we only won by like one or two points, but when we should have been up by 20, but that's how it goes. <laughs> um, in headlines today, I was looking at this, and as you know, I'm uh, adamantly against uh, mail-in balloting. So Reuters is reporting... Uh, confusion, missing ballots in eight U.S. states vote during corona pandemic, or as eight U.S. states vote during corona pandemic. Uh, confusion, missing mail-in ballots and long lines at some polling centers marred primary elections on Tuesday. Eight states in the District of Columbia the biggest test of the voting yet during the coronavirus outbreak. The most extensive balloting since the pandemic sparked lockdowns in March. I, I don't think that's true. I think we had pretty extensive voting on Super Tuesday and the week after that. Uh, that went fairly smooth, but there were a lot of missing mail-in ballots even then. Um, anyways, uh, it served as a dry run for the November 3rd general election. It offered a glimpse at the challenges ahead on a national scale. If that vote is conducted under the lingering threat of COVID-19. Well, if the lingering threat of COVID-19 is over, people. All right, there's enough scientific data to show that 
the virus is not The virus is not as infectious. The other thing is, um, you know, science shows that it's mostly lethal to people over the age of 80. Of course, every time somebody in their 20s or 30s dies of it, it's like national headlines. And of course, they're making the big deal that we've crossed the 100,000 threshold, but some people point out that nobody has died of the flu yet this year. Um, and we're not sure. There's some people that say that 100,000 could be a tainted mark and it could be more like 50,000. One is too many, but they're just trying to, uh, you know, downplay the president's response and all of this other stuff. Anyways, all st back to the article. All of the states voting on Tuesday encouraged or expanded mail-in balloting as a safe alternative during the outbreak. And the most sharply reduced by the number of in-person polling places as officials struggled to recruit workers to run them. So they're having a hard time finding uh, poll workers with this uh, COVID-19 still going on out of fear of going out in public. And a lot of your poll workers are uh, senior citizens. That led to a record number of mail-in ballots requested and cast in many states, along with an explosion of complaints about delayed ballots and questions about where to vote after polling places were consolidated. That's It's stupid to consolidate polling places if you're worried about uh, a pandemic. You should keep at least the number of polling places you generally have open as long as you can find people to work the polls. The general rule of thumb is to have an equal number of Republicans and Democrats working the polling locations. Um, so that way, it, you know, everything is supposedly fair. Even though in Philadelphia there was an instance uh, in a primary of somebody uh, standing there, you know, with ballots in hand, filling them out for a candidate he was asked or paid, pardon me, to vote for over and over again. Uh, but polling places at least four Pennsylvania counties opened late. Voting machines failed at least in three of the state's counties. That's not that unusual because um, this, the senior citizens that work the polls aren't always up to date with the technology. And a lot of times it leads to confusion at first. Um, Philadelphia, according to the Pennsylvania Election Protection Coalition Voting Rights Group, while most in-person voting locations featured extensive safety protocols, including masks, 
sanitizers and social distancing for lines there were lapses so again this this vote by mail thing they're making it sound so simple so easy in general we already have absentee voting which is voting by mail um so i didn't see why they needed to expand that um uh, I guess here in Ohio, it's a lot easier than some states. Um, there was a court ruling in Ohio that absentee voting had to be uh, extended to everyone, not just senior citizens and uh, handicapped people. Uh, or in the past, it was available for people who were going to be out of town on election day and a, a number of other things. All you had to do was check a box and say, you know, I'm working or, you know, I'm handicapped, I'm out of state, whatever, uh, and can't make it to the polls. But they did away with that. So anyone can request an absentee ballot in Ohio. And that's gone on since like the early 2000s. So to expand and encourage and the government pick up the bill for the mail-in ballots, I, I think is a little ridiculous. Just let everyone request an absentee ballot if they feel the need and keep all precincts open uh, as long as you can find poll workers. Uh, that can be a difficult chore and usually is difficult in elections. So... We'll see. Um, so, in the light of the George Floyd murder, and uh, social unrest. Former President George W. Bush calls out racial injustices and celebrates protesters who march for a better future, says the Washington Post. There are links to these articles in the description on YouTube, by the way. Former President George W. Bush addressed the nationwide protest in a solemn yet hopeful statement Tuesday, commending the Americans demonstrating against racial injustice and criticizing those trying to silence them. Uh, Bush closed his statement, which came a day after peaceful protesters were cleared by force from the white. They, they weren't peaceful, but the Washington Post thinks that they were. Um, Okay, so they cleared the way for President Trump to come outside uh, by pointing to a better way. There's a better way. The empathy shared and, the, and shared commitment, a bold action in peace rooted in justice. I am confident that together Americans will be able to choose a better way. 
describing himself as anguished by the death of George Floyd, who died more than a week ago after his neck was held under the knee of a white Minneapolis police officer. Bush urged white Americans to seek ways to support and listen, listen to and understand black Americans who still face disturbing bigotry and exploitation. I don't, I don't always like this idea of saying it's a white officer and a black man. Why can't they just say a police officer killed a man? Um, we don't know for sure that the officer had race on his mind or he did it out of uh, a hatred of black people, which is racism. That's what racism is. Um, I just, it's kind of hard for me to, you know, get my head wrapped around um, that, you know, he did this with the intention of it's a black man. Um, you know, I'm sure there's some prejudice involved, but we have to draw a line between prejudice and, and outright racism. Um, so that's just kind of a long discussion, long, hard discussion we need to have in America. And honestly, there's no room for prejudice or racism, uh, in this century. I mean, come on, we, we know that there are more African Americans in jail than white Americans. A lot of it's due to you know, poverty and the breakdown of the black family, the breakdown of the family unit in general. But I can safely say, you know, a lot of white people break laws too. And a lot of white people need to be punished. And we need equal justice under the law. Um, but I'm starting to turn a corner in my life personally where... I see the disproportionate number of black people in jail and black people being harassed and say, you know, there's there's definitely discrimination going on, uh, even though I, I've tried to try to think that everybody thinks like me, but evidently not everyone does. Um, so there's still a lot of crackers out there and a lot of white trash that are, uh, you know, racially, racially prejudiced, racist. <coughs> you know, we had the Ahmaud Arbery fiasco and then we had the, you know, outright murder of George Floyd on video and it's like, you know, some things need to change. We've got to change things. But uh, these violent protests led on by, you know, Antifa, led by, you know, white supremacists uh, out there trying to make black people look bad is not the way. So I, I think there's a long way to go, but we're starting to get there. Um, another thing that's been 
on my mind, uh, and it's not anything to do with George Floyd, um, but there I've been reading reports of a lot of earthquakes taking place at Yellowstone Park. Um, if you didn't know, you better learn quick. There's a massive volcano under Yellowstone Park, and it's a volcano that will uh, change the face of the earth. It's that massive. Uh, I'm going to pause the YouTube channel for a minute and play a clip, and then I'll explain more. Okay, here's the clip. A swarm of earthquakes was detected near Yellowstone National Park late last week. The Idaho Statesman reports 11 of them were detected in a 24-hour period, and a total of 34 hit within 30 days. The largest was a 3.1 magnitude quake, with the others falling into the magnitude range of 1.6 and 2.5. According to the National Park Service, that sort of thing happens all the time and is actually helpful. NPS notes, earthquakes help to maintain hydrothermal activity by keeping the plumbing system open. Without periodic disturbance from relatively small earthquakes, the small fractures and conduits that supply hot water to geysers and hot springs might be sealed by mineral deposition. So, I guess that's not as bad news as I thought it was. So the video said that uh, these small earthquakes happen frequently. Um, I've seen a lot of people posting uh, on social media uh, that, that that super volcano might be getting ready to erupt. Now, you know, 11 earthquakes in a 24-hour period sounds like a lot to me. I'm going to have to do some more research on this. But um, if that volcano erupts, or should I say it's a matter of when that volcano erupts, it's going to be earth-changing. You're talking about, you know, millions if not billions of particles of dust and debris and chunks of earth being spewed into the atmosphere that's going to block the sun. And, you know, the last time one of these took place, um, it led to a, a mini ice age, uh, a multi-year winter. And so there's uh, the fear that that could happen again. Um, if, you know, we go a couple years of winter and no summer, that's going to be bad. And particularly the fact that this is, you know, in Idaho, the heartland of America, where, you know, the surrounding areas where a lot of our food is grown, at least I think it used to be grown in the Midwest. Uh, of course, now we depend on, guess where? China for uh, some of our food supply. Um, now, our, we do have a friend in the nation of India 
they love Americans. And uh, they could become, you know, kind of a, a savior to us because they're in the southern hemisphere. So maybe if this mini ice age would hit when Yellowstone blows, um, we're going to, you know, be able to rely on them for some of our food. Um, unfortunately, they don't believe in killing cows. So we're going to have to get our meat and beef from somewhere else or else become a nation of vegetarians. Um, in India, they do eat uh, other meat, you know, chicken and uh, things like that, but they don't eat cow. So uh, anyways, and they wouldn't slaughter cows to help America. But uh, anyways, yeah, if we, I'm just wondering, you know, is the next uh, catastrophe of 2020 going to be, you know, Yellowstone blowing its top, uh, you know, based on these earthquakes. But uh, the National Park Service is saying that uh, these earthquakes are common and they help keep the geysers and hot springs flowing so that uh, they're not blocked by mineral deposits. So... We'll see how goes it with uh, the Yellowstone uh, earthquakes. And if we have a volcanic eruption, God help us. Uh, I mean, it's going to blow up thousands and thousands of miles of land. Uh, and you're not going to you're not going to be able to inhabit, uh, uh, I would say, uh, an area thousands of miles around it because of the ash fallout. And then, of course, you're going to have the sun blocked out over quite a large area because this is a super volcano, uh, they call it, under Yellowstone. So, uh, yeah, let's all just panic and be scared uh, like there weren't enough problems in 2020, right? So, uh, I guess I'm leaving you on a sad note. Uh, you know, one cool thing that's happened this week is... Uh, the SpaceX rocket took uh, two U.S. astronauts into space. Uh, this is the United States' first space launch since the last uh, shuttle uh, exploded. And so the shuttle program was halted. There's actually a, a shuttle parked somewhere that was like a practice shuttle in a warehouse somewhere, and I think you can actually, like, sneak in there and check it out. I'm interested, to, I'll have to research that. It's in Alabama or Florida. I'd like to go in there and see one of these. I think some of the shuttles were put uh, on display, and some were supposed to be, at least anyways, put on display in some of the major cities as, like, a, a relic type thing. I mean, we've been using the shuttle program since the early 80s or late 70s. I can remember the Space Shuttle Challenger disaster, which was a uh, malfunction of a rocket booster because of cold weather in Florida. And uh, this SpaceX mission was uh, scrubbed for a day because of weather in Florida. And then uh, the next day they launched. And it's a totally different rocket. It's a single rocket instead of, uh, 
you know, the, the old uh, space shuttles were piggybacked on a giant tank of gas, not gasoline, but, but for layman's terms. Uh, and then they had two rocket booster engines to get them out of the Earth's gravitational pull. And then the uh, shuttle engines would take over and the uh, gas tank and the rocket booster engines would fall back to the ocean and be recovered to be reused for another launch. Um, and now those space shuttles are obsolete. They were becoming obsolete at the end of uh, literally the end of their life. Um, <clears throat> and there were many problems uh, with the protective heat tiles on the bottom of the shuttle. Uh, the shuttle didn't come straight into the Earth's atmosphere. It actually came into the Earth's atmosphere standing up on its back. And there were all these protective, uh, heavy ceramic tiles to uh, protect the rest of the shuttle from the extreme heat and friction that was built up by it coming through the Earth's atmosphere. Uh, and it was a delicate process to keep that shuttle at the perfect angle so it could re-enter the atmosphere with the maximum protection from those heat tiles. Uh, and like just a single heat tile uh, coming off of the shuttle during re-entry would be enough to uh, overheat the entire shuttle and cause it to explode. Um Unfortunately, that did happen. And so, you know, they had NASA had to change its direction. Uh, Elon Musk, the uh, owner of Tesla, the electric car company, and uh, an innovator of many things uh, technologically, is, uh, well, the investor, I don't know if you call it, if he actually does the science, but he uh, came up with a new rocket to launch the astronauts into space. It's called SpaceX, and it's part of Donald Trump's Space Force program, I guess. Uh, but it, it's putting us back into outer space. Uh, they're talking about, you know, landing on the moon again, and also, uh, some sort of mission to Mars, which that, I mean, that's like a lifetime mission. The astronauts that go on that mission are going to leave and spend the rest of their lives uh, going to Mars. And I don't know if they'll live long enough to come back. I'm sure somebody's going to die along the way. That's just human nature. Um, but Wow. What a time to live in. You know, I mean, we got a lot of disasters going on with the uh, pandemic. Um, Japanese murder hornets, which they're called that because they murder other bees. I'm sure that they're not friendly to humans. They look really, they look like assholes. In fact, all hornets and wasps are assholes. Uh, but anyways, 
yeah, murder hornets, murder other bees, and then feed the bees thorax to their uh, baby hornets. But they can wipe out like a whole colony of uh, honeybees in a matter of hours. So that's why they're called murder hornets. Uh, but we've got murder hornets, we've got riots, we've got pandemics, uh, we have earthquakes at Yellowstone Park. But hey, we're going to the moon. Maybe there's a reason. Maybe maybe uh, somebody in Washington, D.C. knows something's up and we got to start colonizing other places. I don't know. So uh, with that, pray for one another. Have a good night and God bless you. Have a great day. Come on, man. Stay lit.